This is the Village Counseling Podcast. My name is Hillary Evans. I'm a clinical counselor, and with me today is Dr. Josh Cruz, registered psychologist and pastor of counseling at Village Church. So the purpose of this podcast is to help foster a greater understanding of the topics that we discuss and give a few takeaways that will be helpful for your life. So today we're talking about battling negative thinking. Mm-hmm. Our, our thinking it impacts our psychology, what we're doing, how we're feeling. Like it's a pretty central thing. I mean, if you look at going to the bookstore, what are we doing? Like we're reading books to build an understanding. We're kind of jumping into our thinking either for entertainment, which can touch our emotions of, hey, there's a peace, there's a joy, there's a laughter or sometimes suspense. And we're working with, oh, what's going to happen next? What would I do? I remember those old like Encyclopedia Brown books of like, what is the option here? What do you think might be going on? Or choose your own adventure. And it's we're getting into our thinking and working with it even more so. Thinking can be fun, but it can also be difficult at times. Um, and when we're thinking with a bit of a negative lens or a negative skew on something, it can get in the way of functioning in the healthiest way possible. So we want to work with it. We want to understand it. And hopefully we can have the most healthy adaptive thinking possible. I mean, one way of illustrating the impact of thinking is, so you're on a a Greyhound bus. I know we don't do this uh, very often, but you're going for a road trip and you're going to be on it for quite a while. And it's one of those red eye ones. So you need to rest. That's the plan. Uh, I brought my stuff. I'm going to sit here. Uh, Maybe I've got my phone. I've downloaded something. I'm going to watch that. But right now I just need to close my eyes and go to sleep. You sit in your chair and then you notice there's uh, a family that comes on. Looks like a dad with a couple younger kids. Um, and they, they kind of run down the aisle, but then they sit and they're a little bit in front of you. And then the bus goes and you're uh, closing your eyes, trying to doze off a little bit. And all of a sudden you hear the kids running down the aisle. And it's like they're going down with it, both their arms out on each of the seats as they go by. And so you pop up. Oh, what's going on? All right. You know what? I'm going to put my head down, try to go to sleep. Same sort of thing, goes by. And then you look over at the dad and he seems to be just looking out the window in his own little world. So pause for a minute. What are you thinking? Like, what are some of the things going through your head? Actually, think about that right now. These kids are misbehaved. What is he doing? What kind of a parent is he? This is horrible. I'm trying to sleep. I'm never going to sleep. All these things are going around. What are you feeling? Or even what are you noticing in your body too? There's probably a bit of an attention, maybe irritation, anger, frustration in there. And what do you feel like doing? I mean, there's the what you would actually do, but then what do you feel like doing? It might be, I mean, I would never do this, but you might want to stick your foot out as the kids go by. That is horrible. But some of you may want to, like you're that anger or frustration. Or it would be then, hey, hey, go sit down. People are trying to sleep here. Or even going over to the dad and kind of shaking him and like, hey, wake up. Your kids are disrupting this whole bus here. There are a lot of people. It's the night. We need to sleep there. But then what if I told you that they were coming back home? Their mom had just passed away and they were about to go back to their house for the first time and it would be quiet. She would not be there. Life would be so different for them. Like, do you notice the shift even as I I change that? Nothing changed. Those kids uh, are running up and down the aisle. But everything changes. Like, what do you notice? Even in your body, I've made this story up, but I feel it. Like, I feel a sadness then there because the information's different. How we're understanding the situation has changed. And our emotional impact, like, what are you feeling? I I feel that sadness. My heart breaks for them. I can only imagine what's going on. What do I feel like doing? I feel like actually, hey, kids, if it's okay with the dad, why don't you sit down? You guys want a color? Do you want to, let's let dad, as he's staring out the window, I can only imagine what's going on for him. Let's try to give him a break here. I'm not going over to try to shake him. I'm not trying to then get the kids to go sit down. I'm actually stepping out in compassion. 
Nothing changed, but everything changed all of a sudden when we changed our understanding of what was going on. That is powerful. Like, that's the power of our thinking. Mm -hmm. And we take our thinking into almost every situation in life. And we have an understanding of that, a perception of that. Who am I in this? Who are they? Who is God? All that, too. Our thinking is so foundational to how we operate in life. Yeah, our thinking is foundational in how we operate in life. And I wish we could tell you that like, oh, isn't it great to be able to completely control all of our thinking to make it positive and helpful? But it's common for us to fall into negative thinking patterns and so common actually that cognitive behavioral therapy, some people call it CBT, it's one of the most popular Mm -hmm. types of therapy. They've actually come up with lots of different types of negative thinking. They call them thought traps sometimes too. And if you Google it, you'll find a worksheet that has a lot of different um, types of negative thinking patterns that we can actually name. And it's actually kind of cool in the sense that we all fall into this so often that they're able to make a worksheet. I don't know if cool is the right word, maybe. You know, we all Mm -hmm. experience these things, but it's common. It's common for us to experience them. So Josh, why don't you tell us a little bit about some of them? Yeah, we'll uh, we'll just do a few of them because the list is extensive because we can get into these traps so readily. It's normal in the sense of they show up so we can put a label on them. So one of them is all or nothing thinking. It's kind of like those black or white categories with no real middle ground. So it's almost like if it doesn't go perfectly, it's a total failure or I'm a total failure or you never this, you always that, which are always great conflict starters in there too. Yeah. But we're trying to manage all the emotion of it. And so we just, it's either this or this. I can't think in the middle right now that requires too much energy. Yeah. Or overgeneralization. So we're taking a single negative experience and then we're generalizing that and just expecting it's going to hold true forever or every situation. So I had a bad date. I'll never find anyone. This is never going to happen for me. Like, okay. I mean, even as we're going through these, well, what difference might that make? If that's then, if that's true, then I wouldn't then put myself out there. Um, I wouldn't want to do that. Or I, I wouldn't want to try this because it might not go perfectly. It probably won't. So think about the impact of that. Mm, or even say, for example, with that one, it might be that we've had an experience with, say, for example, one person, we we talk about church in this podcast, so we'll maybe use that as, as an example. But we had an experience with one person at a specific church Maybe our overgeneralization would be like that all people from that church are the same way. They all treat people the same way. They're all the same when really there's lots of different types of people. Yeah. And and it's functional. I mean, it's easier to think that way. Ah, Therefore, everybody's like that. I don't have to worry about that or get into the details of it. That's Mm. just how it is. It's simple. But then it can be uh, destructive in some ways. And even as you then look at uh, whether it's racism, sexism, other pieces too, it's they all this, they all that. Man, is that damaging? The impact could be significant. Uh, Mental filter. So it's where we ignore positive events and focus on the negative. So we notice the one thing that went wrong rather than all the things that went right. Ah, I burnt the garlic bread. The whole meal is ruined. Okay, maybe the garlic bread is ruined and I wouldn't end up eating that. However... Does that have to discount everything else? I mean, if you put the garlic bread in your mouth initially, it might actually taint this. But does that one piece, that one item actually cover everything else? Or can we just hold it as such? Yeah, I I ruined the garlic bread. Mm -hmm. And the lasagna, the spaghetti, the Caesar salad, they worked out fairly well. Can I hold both of those? And then minimization. So this is coming up with reasons why positive events don't count. Well, she said that I did a good job on the project. But I think she was just being nice. The risk there is that we then start to cloud out or crowd out information and we don't then take that on. Shame has a way of doing that. 
oh, it was nothing, or yeah, you know what, they just, they say that to everyone. But then we don't actually hold on to someone encouraged us, somebody affirmed us. Can we keep that as information or keep that on the table? And then lastly, jumping to conclusions, making negative interpretations without actual evidence. It's like we're, we're acting like we're, we're mind readers. Uh, he must think I'm pathetic. I mean, technically, is that possible? Sure. But do we know that? Or even as a fortune teller, it's like, I'll be stuck in this dead-end job forever. Do you know that? I mean, it's possible, but do you actually know that? So we really need to be looking at what are we telling ourselves because that is going to impact how we feel about the situation and what we end up doing or not doing going forward. Mm -hmm. I feel like, unfortunately, I can think about, you know, personal examples for almost each of these in the sense that they're so common. And, mm -hmm. you know, I think we all fall into them every once in a while. And it's what we do about them and what we do when we catch ourselves coming into those that is really important. And so, Josh, what would you say if we do find that we are falling into that? What do we do about it? First off, as you're saying, Hillary, like, Let's be gentle with ourselves and let's work with it. Let's not just move forward. Let's do it a bit of an assessment. How are our filters? Um, how are we understanding it? So let's put the thoughts on the stand. Let's test them. Like I'm big on truth. Um, not necessarily this is what we're supposed to or should or that, but what is? What is the reality of the situation? What are we working with? So what's the evidence that this thought is true or not true? And then looking at what am I telling myself? So what am I telling myself? Is this true? Is it not true? And then what is the impact of that? Really evaluating that. So emotionally, like we talked about with the, the Greyhound bus, how is that impacting me emotionally? What do I notice in my body? But then also in terms of our actions or our behavior of what am I doing or not doing as a result of that? And is that the best course of action here? Once again, we can't control everything. We, we get that. This is just trying to tweak and work with what's going on to maybe have a greater impact on what we can control in situations. And then how are we coaching ourselves, making adjustments? So we're aware of what we're thinking more so. What is the impact of that? I mean, is it true? Is it not true? And then what do we do with this? And how we talk to ourselves matters. So, I mean, what would I tell a friend? A lot of times we have a hard time because it's, oh, it's this, it must be that. And if a friend told us the exact same situation, we'd say, oh, no, I wonder if it's this. I, I wonder if it's that. Um, there might be more, more grace or more options or more gray in there, a little less black and white. So what would you say to someone else? Or what would you say, Jesus walks in, um, that very situation that you're in, is there, is there more room for compassion? Is there wisdom? Is there a way to speak into that? Or a wise person, counselor, mentor? Basically, what is a healthier way of approaching this? What is a healthier way of thinking in this situation? And then can I operate out of that? And, you know, sometimes we talk about our automatic thoughts, right? And some people call them hot thoughts. You know, like mm -hmm. what are our thoughts that are hot off the press? Like the immediate knee-jerk reaction thoughts. And can we test those? Can we actually make those explicit? Maybe we need to write them down. And then can we add some evidence that maybe we didn't see at first? And then actually make it a more balanced and alternative thought. Can we do that? Sometimes it takes actually some real explicit work as opposed to just kind of hoping that we'll get our negative thinking back on track or, you know, switch it to positive immediately. It's, it's difficult. Yeah, and that's where uh, the help of a counselor might be good in there or even journaling. Sometimes it's nice to write down, as you're saying, Hillary, uh, it's like a thought chart in there of what am I telling myself and actually writing it out. Mm -hmm. And if you were to do that, whether it's daily or every once in a while, you might notice similar thoughts then coming up. 
And then you're coming back to how is this impacting me? Is this true? And what do I do as a result of it? And you can start to shape things. But then also recognize that we need to be compassionate and gracious with ourselves too. That first off, I'm having many thoughts right now. I'm not going to sit and go through each one of them. It would be for these bigger situations that are having a, an impact or even oftentimes a difficult or negative impact on you. Take the time to reflect on that. And be gracious with yourself because the risk would be, oh, and I shouldn't be thinking this way. Now you've got layers on layers of stuff. But this is what's going on right now. And how do I lovingly work with myself going forward the same way I would most likely care for somebody else or a very caring person would, care, would speak to me in this? And then I can go forward, hopefully a little bit lighter, operating the best I can in a world where we're not going to do things perfectly. It's not going to be all good or all bad. But we're going to operate the best we can with what's in front of us, um, showing ourselves compassion and mercy all through the process. Mm -hmm. Not only can other people or God show us that, but we can show ourselves that. And it's so important. Mm -hmm. It's, a, I think, a beautiful blend of like a CBT approach and a narrative approach. What you said, that whole idea of what are we telling ourselves? What's the story that we're telling ourselves? We can really correct that ourselves throughout my master's program. You know, I did a lot of research and it was a really strenuous process. And what I did is I actually had a notes tab open on my phone oftentimes, and I would write down during really difficult days where I'd maybe be in the research lab or, you know, rough days, I'd maybe take a minute, go for a walk, and I'd write down what's the thought, what's the story that I'm telling myself. And it would be that this is hard. I'm never going to get through this. I'm never going to graduate. It's never going to be over, blah, 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 blah. And I would let myself write that down. Mm. And then I would take a minute, think to myself, be with myself, Maybe I would pray because that's something that I really enjoy and works for me. And then I would go back in and write something that was just as equally as true, but was a different way of looking at it. Like, this is an opportunity for me to show myself and other people how much grit I have. This will come to an end. It's just longer than I hoped it would be. This is really difficult. And yet I know I can do this because I've done really hard things before. So, you know, we have that ability to do that for ourselves, but sometimes it's hard. And sometimes I would need a friend or, you know, a mentor or a therapist to help me actually do that when there was days when it was really, really hard. But we can have that power to do that for ourselves. So it's our encouragement to you today to be able to do that. Yeah, help when you feel like it's a little bit too negative and it's really hard to do yourself. So thanks for joining us today. And as always, we would love to hear your feedback and comments or any questions that you have. You're welcome to email us at counseling at thisisvillagechurch.com. Thanks for listening and we'll see you next time. Mm -hmm.